Hello. We're back. Yes. Let's just jump right into it, shall we? Let's do it. I'm doing plot this week, and we're good talking luck. about... We mean good luck. You don't need to be talking. All right, no. Take note of the time. We'll see who has the last laugh after all this, all right? Um, anyway, season three, episode seven, I Kissed a Girl. Let's do it. You did? Yes, like, believe it or not, it was just last week. I'm just kidding. <laughs> better not of it. Okay. Um, okay, so we're opening with um, Figgins in his office. Santana's there. Will is there. Who else is there? Shelby and Finn. Shelby's there. I guess Finn is there because he's the victim. Um, Cole's the Cole, Cole, victim. Yeah, I don't that's... agree, but whatever. Um so Figgins is like, we're about to suspend you for two weeks because you slapped Finn, of course. That happened at the end of last episode. Um, this means that she would miss sectionals, so that's not good. And at the last minute, Finn decides to lie to Figgins, and he's like, oh, it was a, what do you call it when, like, you're doing fake hits on stage? Uh, and Shelby's like, a stage slap? And he's like, yeah, yeah, a stage slap. That's what it was. Um, the synopsis says... Saving her butt? Okay, are we in fourth grade? Yeah, I know. Um, more like he saves her ass, but whatever. Um, after the meeting, they go out in the hallway. Santana's like, why on earth would you do that? Well, oh, we, we forgot. During While they're in um, Figgins' office, Santana is saying how it wasn't her that slapped. Oh, yeah. It was her alter ego, Snicks. Snicks with three X's. That was funny. Um, so yes, thank you for pointing that out. I had that in my notes, but the synopsis conveniently left that out. So they're out in the hallway, Finn and Santana are talking, and Santana's like, I can't figure out why on earth you would do that. And Finn is like, I think you act out because you're not being honest with yourself. Um, and basically he's kind of like blackmailing her. He's like, you have two options. You can return to new directions, um, for the week, or I can go tell them the truth and you'll be suspended. I feel like that's not cool, but yeah, that was a threat. It definitely was a threat. I don't like that. Um, so anyway, Rachel is desperate to help Kurt win class president, but he's currently trailing Brittany by 17 points. That's a pretty big lead uh, for Brittany. And I mean, she said she's going to be topless on Tuesday, so I'm sure all the was like, yeah, she's got my vote. Pretty much. I'm confused, though, by this, like, this plot point of Kurt saying that he's not going to get into Niata without winning. Why? Like, I, I mean, you might not know this, but I know that at towards the end of the season, like, Niata has auditions. Like, so you go in front of um, Whoopi Goldberg and you have your audition. So obviously that's a big part of the process of getting in. So I'm confused as to why, like, he, I mean, is it an extracurriculars thing? Yeah, but if he was saying, like, without any extracurriculars, he doesn't, like, he won't really stand out. But, like, you do new directions. You're going to a school for performing arts. He's going to performing arts school in some sort of performing arts I, club. He needs to be besides performing arts. I guess, but I don't know. Like, it doesn't gel with that. Okay, like, slight spoiler. Rachel 
I'm debating if I should spoil this or not. Is it this episode or in general? No, it's like it's like ten episodes. No, don't do it then. Okay. There's something that happens with Rachel regarding the auditions, which makes me think that the auditions are really important to the process. So I'm just saying, like, if Kurt slays his audition, I feel like he would still have a good chance of getting it. But whatever, out of my hands. Um, but basically, during this combo, he's telling Rachel that he's thinking about cheating so that he could win. Not good. Any thoughts? Remember what I said last week? I will chime in when I want to speak. That's what I said last week. No, you said that I don't do that. So I said, okay, watch me. Oh, so you're going to copy me. My methodology. Oh, Continue. Oh, okay, so Finn is... Oh, wait, sorry. Just oh, my God. God. No, I was, I was trying to find a, my place in my notes. One funny thing. I'll talk about the funny bits that you keep forgetting. All right. While Rachel and Kurt were kind of freaking out about her maybe not getting to Niata, she said... What if I need an emergency makeover or a souf- or a souffle? Like she's talking about her, like saying what she can do that her gay best friend by her side in New York. Of course, she's just thinking about herself. Yep. So sure. Anyway, we're in the Glee Room, and Finn is saying that the week should be dedicated. It should be called Lady Music Week. Oh god, which is silly. Um, songs by ladies and for ladies, and the idea is that um. The group will show Santana that they support her. She's loved, blah, blah, blah. I just have to point out, it comes across as very patronizing to it me. It does. Like, very patronizing. First, Finn threatens Santana that he's going to tell the truth if she doesn't come back to New Directions for a week so that they can have this, like, pitiful little, quote-unquote, lesson about how she's loved when basically, like, they're trying to further drag her out of the closet when she was already outed by Finn in the first place. Yeah. No one ever asked her. No one ever consulted with her. And I get that maybe there's good intentions behind like wanting to show support now that the cat's out of the bag. But Finn, you dragged that cat out of the bag in the first place. No, yeah. It's such a double standard for him to be like, yeah, I deserve all this praise for like showing you all the support when he's the reason why she needs to be shown the support in the first place. Mm-hmm. He, spoiler well, no spoiler, but he sucks. And for two weeks in a row, he's sucking the most. And um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I wrote this later in my notes. We can bring it up now. It just, a lot of this felt like when um, Kurt's dad had his heart attack and everyone was kind of forcing oh, yeah. beliefs on him to like show, quote unquote, show their support for him. This feels like very reminiscent of that, where they're like doing all these like dumb things to like help Santana feel better, but it just like doesn't feel. I mean, towards the end, she like comes around, but at first, she's like, "I don't, I didn't ask for any of this. Like, I don't need this." You're so right. I think you hit the nail on the head. Also, I'm just realizing I didn't change the mic configuration back to circle. So hopefully, sounds gonna sound horrible. Hold on. Okay. Okay, I think I fixed it. Anyway, that's what happens when you live a life of two different podcasts with two different audio setups. Um, let's move on back to what was actually happening, which is um, like we were talking about this horrible patronizing idea. And I think it gets worse when the actual performances start because they're all boring and they're like singing to Santana's face. I don't know. Yeah. So the first of these is Kurt and Blaine singing a duet of Perfect by Pink. And it's just like, they said this is a song they singing together in the car. It's so obvious. I know. First of all, the whole like Lady Music Week, I'm confused because it's so clear because they're all saying like, oh, Santana, we love you. We love you. We support you. 
So I'm I'm confused because the Lady Music Week thing sounds like a cover, but it's what they're actually doing. I don't know. It seems very cover. Like, like they're also openly supporting Santana and they're like singing to her. So I don't understand why Finn was like, it's Lady Music Week. Like oh, it's yeah. about it, I don't know. It, it's what if you try to play into like she's a lady and she likes something. Yes. I mean he is pretty stupid, yeah. but like anyway, so Lander singing this. Kurt is wearing this weird ass diagonal sweater where like it's a turtleneck, it goes over his head and there's two shoulders, but then like the torso of the sweater cuts diagonally so that there's only one sleeve. I don't know. I could see someone with like major sleigh like Zendaya pulling something like that off, but Kurt, I don't know, it looked weird. I just want because it's a you brought it up and it's a piece of trivia that I was sprinkling right oh, now. Okay. In a few episodes, maybe it might be season four. Let me see. In season four, episode few three, episodes. Kurt mentions that that top that he wore in this performance belonged to his dead uncle. So it was not a Kurt Hummel like purchase. It was from his dead aunt's collection. I bet Kurt was the one that sliced that thing in half, though. And no, I think it like came, it's that the half sweater came like that. Allegedly. Interesting. Allegedly. It's not a great performance. It's not great. It's a little bit cloying. And of course, Santana's not impressed. Um, in fact, she says, and I quote, wow, with all the horrible crap I've been through in my life, now I get to add that, which I thought was great. She's right. Let's move on. Sue is writing in her journal. I feel like we have not gotten a lot of Sue this season at all. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was kind of, at least in the last few episodes. So it's kind of nice to see her again, even though it's like a C plot. Um, So she's journaling about her campaign being in trouble. Um, As the synopsis says, she's straight. But the attack ad about her being gay could sabotage her chances. <laughs> she needs to make it clear she's straight. Um, she consults... I'm just reading straight from the synopsis because I think it's funny. She consults her book of past booty calls where she finds the perfect man. Um, past lovers include Todd Bridges. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> this, I'm, this is in parentheses. Stephen Baldwin, in parentheses, crazy. Oh and Quayley, too needy. And Oliver North, he bites. Um, Did you say Dan Quayley? How do you pronounce it? It's Quayle. Oh, my bad. I thought it was Quayley. The synopsis does not mention that Vladimir Putin is also in this book. Um, So that was weird. But we get left on a little bit of a cliffhanger of the person she finds who uh, would be perfect. I guessed it. And obvious. It's It's the coot. It's the coot. Um, Yeah, but we'll find more about that later um next will and emma are offering to help coach beast count the election votes and coach beast is like my relationship with cooter is going great he's the only one election votes so that hasn't happened yet no i know they're offering do you want us to help he said they were in the line from counting election votes no i said will and emma offer to help her count the election votes i didn't say right then and there i didn't say that we'll run it back I literally was reading right from the synopsis. So what's it's insinuating is that they're offering to help her in the process when the process happens, which will be soon because it takes place later on in this episode because the election is coming up in a matter of days. That's what they're offering. Anyway, she's saying, Hooter, it's going great. He's the only one for me. Great, beautiful, butterfly is great. Okay, next, Puck is singing I'm the Only One by Melitha. <laughs> Not the list. Melissa Etheridge. 
So he tells Santana that uh, that looks for you. Stop the list. Okay. Um, he's telling Santana that that was for you, but he's clearly looking at Shelby the whole time, um, singing to her. It's very coded. Quinn is kind of picking up on this. Um, and in fact, in the next scene, Rachel and Quinn are both noticing Puck's interest in Shelby, and Rachel is a little stunned. And Quinn asks, he, she, okay. Quinn walks right up to Puck in the hallway, and she's like, look, my mom is going to some Christian prayer breakfast thing or whatever convention. House is going to be mine. Do you want to come over? We can chill. And he's like, mm, no, I'm good. And she's like, let me be clear. Do you want to have sex with me? And she's basically like, like she's being nuts. You yeah, guys. Quinn is being nuts. She's basically like, let's do it right this time. We can make something perfect again. Like, you know, like Beth, clearly that's not going to work out. Let's just make another one. Let's just make another one. Like, clearly it's going to, yeah, it's, it's wild. And even Puck says, you're being a little nuts. Mm -hmm. So we are not going to be doing that. Anyway, it's weird that fandom has no mention of this in their synopsis. Really? Yep. Hmm. Flop. Okay. Well, next, Finn is telling Santana that he would be worried about what could happen to her if she isn't honest with who she is, basically insinuating that he's worried that she's going to harm herself or worse. And Santana has a perfect response to this where she says, mm, never going to happen. I miss me too much. <laughs> Love that. Um, so after that little conversation, they go back into the glee room. Now it's Finn's turn to sing a song to her, and he sings a very slowed down version of Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper. Oh, that was a perfectly timed oh, yawn. Wow, okay. I thought that was a fake yawn. Um, yeah, as I put in my notes, who the fuck asked for a slow ass cover of Girls Just Want to Have Fun? <laughs> um, it's very boring, although it seems to work on Santana, actually, because she's getting tearful. She gives Finn a hug afterwards. She's been broken down, finally. Yeah, the synopsis says, therefore, they're reconciled. I mean, mm. sure, whatever. Uh, oh, my gosh. The synopsis says for the next scene, while picking up a preposterous order of chicken. Oh, my God, that's so mean. Paste sees Sue sitting with Cougar. This is at Breadsticks. Beast is picking up a very large order of different types of chicken mm -hmm. uh, with a side of chicken. <laughs> I, I'm down. I love chicken. So I just eat some rotisserie chickens. So yeah. It's Costco and business, I'm sure. Yeah. I love it. But she sees Sue sitting with Cooter on the corner of her eye, um, approaches them. Sue's like, it's a date. Cooter's been my regular booty call for decades now. And also, Becky's there taking pictures of the server. Of course, because this is a PR thing. Um, wait, I have my notes. Sue looking at the camera, LMAO. Was that the camera that Becky had? Oh, oh, this is, um, I don't remember exactly where in time this was. We watched this like two days ago, guys. We're kind of like, we took some time between watching and recording. So it's a little uh, fuzzy. But there was a picture, like someone showed, I think, Beast, like a paparazzi picture of sue and cooter and they're kissing but like as they're kissing sue's eyes are like looking sideways right at the camera and i thought that was really funny That's not later on in the gym i don't know i'm saying i don't remember in my notes it's out of context because i do have a note about the okay. photos i think that was later on okay see i'm saying i don't know i must have had a big chunk in my notes because i went from i hate how finn is singing all up in santana's face and he was you guys he was like six yeah. in his face 
to Sue looking at the camera, LMA. Okay, that's probably Okay, so anyway, um, Sue kind of like walks away from the booth. Hooter and Beast are having a one-on-one. Um, Beast is upset. Okay. Yeah, Beast is upset. She's crying a little bit. Cooter is like, I didn't think you were interested. Um, I'm not looking for a buddy. I'm looking for a partner because apparently all they do is lift weights even when Cooter is asked to do more intimate things like go to dinner or something. So that is kind of on Beast. Like she needs to work on being more like transparent with her feelings because obviously we know that she likes Cooter too. Um, anyway, next um, we're at the election. And I thought it was funny because apparently the gym at McKinley is also being used for the quote real election. And in fact, it said real election on the banner. That's all it said. And then the, the student election, which had much more people there. Um, maybe that's a little bit of a what's up, Terry? On real life. Uh, but Jacob Ben Israel is there and he says that based on exit polling, the election is over because Britney's gonna win. Um and in the voting booth, we see Kurt thinking his whole career dependent depends on whether he wins. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. Uh, the congressional voting is being held there as well, like I said. And uh, East sees Cooter with Sue and starts singing Jolene, a cover of Jolene by Dolly Parton. Um, I don't want to be mean. But it's clear that Dot Marie Jones was not cast for her singing. Damn. This is the first song that she sung, no? Uh, her first solo, yeah. Well, she's not that good at it. So, like, it's kind of not great because the voice isn't great to me. It's also just low energy. It's also her only solo, allegedly. So. I literally went to the bathroom during this dumb day. So, what do you think about it? A lot of the numbers in this episode were just fine. They weren't bad, but they were just fine. And this is one of them. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, the synopsis doesn't uh, mention this, but we do get like some quick shots of different Glee members casting their vote. We see who they vote for. Um. I think Finn votes for Kurt. Santana votes for Brittany, of course. I think Mike votes for Kurt. Um. Anyway. Randomly in the hallway after the commercial airs, um, you know, the commercial that was going to out Santana. Josh Coleman, who's the sophomore rugby captain, tries to tell her that he can make her normal, which is incredibly offensive. Mm -hmm. And then all the Glee girls are there in the hallway. They just so happen to be there. They come to her defense and they launch into full on uh, Lady Music Week mode and they start singing I Kissed Her Girl by Katy Perry. They start in the hallway. And oh, then they... Before that, so, uh, Quinn... It kind of beat when she was dissing Josh and she said that being like lesbian is not a choice. And even if it was, he would be the girl's last choice. So she ate him down. Mm, sure. Um, so anyway, they launch into this number and it kind of slays, as I wrote in my notes in all caps, women with a fire emoji. Um, I think it's good. It They're is. into it. They are. They're little coordinated dance moves. Yeah. I loved it. And I did note, though, that the men, or I should say the boys, and one man, Will Schuster, which that's the cringe hour for me this week. Will's face, he does that stupid jackass little smile again. It's like, these are teenage girls that are dancing, yes, like, suggestively, but it's performance. And you shouldn't be all, like, ogly-eyed over it. He was way too into it. But him and all the other boys, except for Kurt, of course, and Blaine, um, were, like, 
into it. Rory was really into it too. I don't know if you noticed that. Rory was like, yeah, I didn't feeling it. I don't like that at all. Me neither. But they sleep. Um. Oh, and after the number, Santana says Santana's like leading the number, but like she's the Katy Perry in this equation with some help from Rachel. Um. Anyway, she tells everyone that she told her parents, and they were cool with it. Great. And then she said, "I want to tell my abuela very soon." And I knew it was going to happen, so I was like. Scary, scary. Um, okay, so next. Figgins calls Kurt and Bert into his office because there's been an irregularity with the votes. Beast is there too. There ended up being more ballots than there are actual seniors. And Kurt was like, hey, I thought about cheese. But I didn't actually do it. First of all, don't say that. I'm like, not good. Um, but he swears up and down that he didn't do anything. Um, and so Kurt goes up to Rachel and Finn in the hallway saying that he lost the election and might get suspended until, you know, if they can prove it's him, or maybe even if they can't prove it's, he's in trouble being suspended, yes. okay? Um, and it's funny because Finn leaves. Oh, wait, no. Kurt leaves and immediately Rachel tells Finn, I did it. <laughs> um, and he's like, Rachel, you need to tell Figgins that she, that she was the one who did it because Kurt could be suspended. Anyway, next... Huck gets a panicked call from Shelby because Beth slipped and cut her lip. And uh, Huck shows up at the hospital. He is talking to the doctor when the doctor comes up and says that she needs stitches because her tooth like went through her lip or some shit. Huck is like, no, no, no. You get a plastic surgeon on this because I've been beaten up enough times to know that I don't want her little face getting fucked up. Get the plastic surgeon. I don't really understand that. Like, what's a plastic surgeon? They're not going to get stitches? A plastic surgeon knows nuances of the face more and how, specifically, like, with kids, um, how their face is going to develop. A doctor is just going to be like, well, let's stitch it up and be done with it. I see. No, like, plastic surgeon, they know the nuance. So, honestly, that was kind of a good call. Um, and this lord Shelby, to him, I guess, um, they hook up and... I just have to say, like, so Shelby's saying to him post-coitus, like, this was a mistake. No, not post-coitus. She's doing it, like, in a very, like, googly-eyed way. She's like, this is a mistake. I'm like, girl, you're not selling your point. You need to be firm and say, this was a mistake. Get out of my house. But she's saying it while, like, she like, didn't really I mean it. She just yeah. thought she had to say it because she's a teacher. But yeah. Shelby, girl, that was inappropriate. You know, you can't, you liked it, though. And I guess the reason why I'm bringing it up is because it felt like discordant with what happens immediately after. Like she didn't feel forceful enough to warrant Puck's reaction because Puck gets pissed and he leaves in a tiff. He calls her a coward and all that. I'm like, I don't think she was that hard on him. No. So I don't know where that's coming from, but whatever. Um, next we get the scene with Santana and her grandma um, at her grandma's apartment. And, you know, Santana's like, I've always admired you, how you lived your life, like you're my role model, blah, 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 basically buttering her up. And then um, she tells her, I love girls the way I'm supposed to feel about boys. Um, she's like, I want you to know the way I really am, even though nothing's changed, I'm still me. Um, I've been struggling, so I'm just telling people. And then Abuela is like, I want you to leave this house and I don't ever want to see you again. And Titana's like, what the actual fuck? I'm the same person I was 
two minutes ago. And her whaler goes on some shit about how like the sin is not in the thing. It's how people it's how respond to talking about it. It's like abuela, shut up. Secrets are secrets for a reason. Yeah. You should have kept that to yourself. Abuela's being, how do you say, uh, como se dice bigot? No. That's what I'm saying because um, that is quite rude. And she left our girl Santana in tears. Mm -hmm. So, you know what? I don't ever want to see Abuela again. No, rude ass. Saying, the actress also played Abuela in Jane the Virgin, which I loved. But in this performance, not so much, Miss Ma'am. Was she a bigot on that show, too? No, she's actually very progressive. Okay, hmm. Um. Anyway, next, Huck and Quinn are fooling around. Ugh. And when he says he doesn't have protection, she doesn't seem to care. She wants them to make another baby, as I was saying That's earlier. Crazy. Yeah, no, like it's insane, you guys. I can't adequately describe the um I just can't describe the nutso without you watching it. Yeah. It's like insane, actually. It's almost like those pregnancy packed girls. You know the ones like a decade or so ago mm -hmm. or longer than that? Desperate to get pregnant. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what are you doing with your life when? Um, anyway, so Huck points out that they just spent a week helping Santana and nobody has taken the same time to help her. Wait, did they mean Quinn? I guess. Um, and, and Puck is like, you don't need a baby or a man to be special. And Quinn is like, can you just stay and hold me? Um, and as he does so, he says, I have to tell you something, but you have to promise to keep it a secret. I guess we're supposed to infer that that's sleeping with Shelby. I doubt she's going to keep it a secret. Anyway, next. Um, <laughs> Bert, that that was the last note I left, by the way. I wrote, Quinn is nuts. LMFA. Yeah, so Quinn is psycho, and then the girl is lost. Yes. <laughs> so you can tell I checked out after that. Um, the, I feel like the episode kind of ended on a blah note, but whatever, we're almost done. Um, Bert actually ended up winning the congressional election while Sue finished third. Beast walks in the room confronting Sue and Cooter. Um, Cooter tells Beast that she has feelings for her and Sue. And Beast is like, I'm in love with you. I'll do anything to win you back, whatever, right? And then Will and Shelby are telling the kids how proud they are of them and that they look forward to sectionals. Kurt stands up, is like, yo, Brittany, congratulations for being our new class president. Very proud of you. And Brittany's like, you're still the most unicorn of us all, which sounded a little coded. She's like, you're still gay as hell. Um, and then... Blaine is like, don't worry, we'll figure something out to get you into Neo. Even though, again, it's like, I feel like as long as you perform well in the audition, you still have a shot. Mm -hmm. uh, Santana stands up. She's like, thanks, everybody. Work. Um, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna sing uh, Constant Craving by Katie Lang. I've actually never heard this song before. Me neither. Honestly, I don't want to hear it again. Oh, okay. I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, like, different people start chiming in. And it's supposed to be like, oh, this song is relevant to all of us whatever um and then after the song rachel comes in tears are in her eyes and she's like i told figgins what i did it's on my permanent record i'm suspended for a week can't do sectionals guys the episode comes to a close so we got another we little cliffhanger yeah i actually don't remember i don't remember who gets the solo what the tactic is so i'm excited to see i feel like in this season sectionals are the most downplayed if i remember like they kind of they kind of like come and go in sectionals is next episode right i don't remember actually i don't remember um so i think that speaks to what i was just saying where it's like it feels very downplayed mm -hmm. um but anyway that's the end and let's talk about superlatives 
who is your MVP? None other than Miss Santana Lopez, of course. I agree. First of all, oh. we got Snicks. Love Snicks. Mm -hmm. Loved that slap. That was last week. That, but it's continue the slap left. Yeah, so it's like part two. Yeah. Yes, we saw her being brave, coming out to her bigoted ass abuela, and even though it didn't go too well, you know she still feels the support from the rest of the Glee Club and parents. Like her parents are like she said last episode, her parents were like accepting of it. So like slaves, and she can just like be who she really is now. She doesn't have to like live in fear of being out of it anymore so in a sense she's like finally free that's true i also picture and i swear i wasn't drinking anything i wasn't doing nothing when we were watching this and i wrote down sanitana oh my god so sanitana is my mvp but my lvp is quinn because oh. she was being crazy this episode like she really is lost and i know she's been our mvp many a time last season it was like she was lost, but she was just being very, she was being very, like, mean last season. This season, she's lost. Like, she needs to see somebody, I think. A therapist would do her well. Well, like I was telling you, like, it's just wild how when the show first started off, Quinn was, like, Queen Bee of McKinley, and, like, now no one gives two shits about her. So, like, the girl really is lost. That's true. Um, She's not your LVP, though. So she's not. As annoying as she was, I had to pick Finn, I think, for the second week in a row. Because Finn was just on one this episode yet again. He was, like, wanting all this praise for this Lady Music Week <laughs> idea and for, like, helping Santana feel comfortable with her the outing that he caused. And I just still, part of it is resentment from last week, but also he did a lot of things this episode that warranted him being my LVP. So, suck it, Finn. Oh, all right. Well... I'm going to move into the worst performance because speaking of Finn, mine was girls just want to have fun. I just think I'm torn because I feel like there is, there is performances in Glee where they'll take a song and they'll like really slow it down and it's successful. Mm -hmm. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Oh, my favorite song of all time from Glee. Huh? You know what it is. Their cover, Santana's cover of mine by Taylor Swift. Okay, but that song is still that song is that song's not like um evacuate the dance floor like it's, it's not tempo compared to what okay she's but saying. I'm saying that like if you if you're talking about girls just want to have fun like and compared to this version that's a true like 180 situation and I just don't think it's successful it reminds me of how like um they do teenage dream again in season four where Blaine has this like ballad version and I just don't think it works like I don't know it's just and then the whole just the messaging of it like he was all up in her face and he's like well, it caused this but uh, just to make me feel better i'm gonna do this whole thing i don't know i don't like it what did you pick i picked perfect oh kurt oh, almost put my water on my laptop oh my heart raced <laughs> first of all the song was too low for you sorry but it just didn't sound good two the fact that you and william saying that song in your car maybe judge you a lot more three it just didn't sound well sound good good yeah four ah. i didn't like the whole point of the song like they were like trying to tell Santana that she's perfect but like she already knows that so she doesn't need to sing that to her and five you're both annoying so love for that. that reason it was my worst performance love that and i agree i would think that would be my second worst my number one aka my best performance which i think is the only good performance yeah so is i kissed a girl agreed because it's just fun to watch 
Instantaneous vocals. Yeah. I don't think there's anything more to say. No. What's the trivia? We have some good trivia this week. Oh, just some? Okay. Yes. So there were quite a few deleted scenes, including the scene of Brittany holding Santana from behind, Santana coming out to Sue and Becky, the Will and Atticus. I don't think I need to see that. Ah! Yeah. An unknown Britannia scene that had been un- that had been confirmed by several sources, and Becky saying that she's made out with a girl. Why these were cut is unknown. Homophobia. Ah. The Santana coming out to her abuela scene was written by Allison Adler, who I guess is an executive producer on the show, and it was an ex- inspired by her own experience. However, Adler was not credited as a writer in this episode. Hmm. I will say I didn't really talk about that scene enough. I feel like that scene was important to me as a teenager because that was pre me coming out to like anybody except for my friends basically because that was probably I was probably like 15 or so and I remember seeing that it made me like nervous I was like oh because they didn't like they didn't show us the you know apparently went great Santana coming out to her parents they showed us like the hard scene Mm -hmm. which I get it like that's drama or whatever but it did kind of mess with me I was like oh no it's not going to be fun. Aww. So I'm just saying, Ryan Murphy, maybe you should have also showcased like a good coming out. Because, I mean, I guess Kurt's coming out was good. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> this is the only episode of season three to not feature a performance in the auditorium. The only one? Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. It sure is. Hmm. On August 6, 2012, Ryan Murphy uploaded a deleted scene where Santana comes out to the Cheerios. Okay, I guess that was one of the scenes they mentioned earlier. We'll have to look at that. Eric Stoltz is one of the names present in Sue's Black Book of Booty Calls, and Stoltz is one of the directors for the show. Oh. Every song in this episode was originally performed by a female artist who either identifies as lesbian or is a strong supporter of LGBT rights. Wait, really? Yeah. I didn't realize that. I guess what Melissa Etheridge and Katie Lang, Katie Perry, she's not a lesbian. no, but you said like like yeah. her and Pink, I guess, fall under the category of and girls from have fun. Cindy Lauper, Cindy Lauper. Oh, Cindy Lauper's been for yeah. the gays for Dolly Parton. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> well, and oh, I already said the whole half sweater thing. Funnily enough, Amber Riley was recently on the eighth season of The Masked Singer, and she sang perfect. I'm the masked singer, so you know. Whoa! Apparently, during the girls just want to have fun seeing scene, Naya Vera said that her tears were genuine and like filming it seems actually very intense. Why? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that's it for the trivia. Well, let's see. I kind of forget which episode is next, so let me bring up the old IMDb so I can tell you all if the app wants to load. Thank you. Sectionals next week. Is that what it's called? What's that? Hold on to 16. Hold on to 16. Okay. So that's next week. Also, I'm very proud of myself because I'm pretty sure this episode so far is 36 minutes. So I did kind of body that. Thank you very much. Let me put a little pressure on you. All right. Well, I hope you all have a fantastic day, and we'll see you next week. See y'all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.